0: Oh, we you know I mean we we, we just uh, let's, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What what they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play.
1: One more time. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at KinsLager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. Yo, you're listening to Prayers and A dub it's time to bear that. Let's get to it. Thanks for rocking with us, Johnny Mitchell. We got your back. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we will be recapping the Bears 34-14 to 14 loss to the Los Angeles Rams. A-Dub, talk to him, man. What were some of the opening thoughts you had, man, heading into this game, brother?
0: Man, I thought we would win this game, friends.
1: <laughs> and it turned out to be that way, man. It was a tough one. I wasn't surprised at the final outcome, but I will say this, A-Dub. There's a lot of things that we're going to unpack in this episode, but the problems that I thought we were going to see in tonight's game wasn't exactly the reason why we lost tonight. You know what I mean? Hey, we got some problems, though, but you're right. <laughs> we got to work through them. We do. So, audience, before we get into the episode here, we're going to run through some of the inactives heading into this ballgame because A-Dub, you and I talked about on our last episode, Eddie Goldman. We were hoping that Eddie Goldman would show up in the ball game tonight. He'd even make the trip to L.A. So I wanted to get your thoughts there on Eddie Goldman and that impact. And do you think that that was a reason why we
0: saw the defense taking a little bit of a step back tonight? I wanted to get your thoughts there. I didn't think he would play and definitely played a factor when you talk about adding pressure on Matt Stafford. And we couldn't get to him enough.
1: What I saw was with Eddie Goldman being out was the ability that he has to collapse that pocket. So not necessarily from a pass rush standpoint but just being able to kind of clog up the holes a little bit. And also, there were a lot of plays there where I saw Khalil Mack was getting in the backfield, but Stafford was able to elude him because there was no push up the middle. And that's
0: one of the areas right there that Eddie Goldman brings to the table. Absolutely, because he does make a big difference right there in that middle, man. And you're right, you saw Matt Stafford moving up some, it wasn't nobody home to put a sack on him. Also, some of the other notable inactors you had nick Foles, who which you know that don't
1: really matter i still don't know why he's on the roster but <laughs> <laughs> but we also got the wide receiver brashad perryman he's one of the guys that we picked up after the uh, initial uh cuts were made with the team duke Shelley. now that was a bit of a surprise there i wasn't as high on him because of some of the play that i saw from him in the preseason i just thought he was a little uneven so what were your thoughts there when you saw that duke Shelley actually was out for this
0: game today I felt that we would be limited, right, at the position because we're not strong at it right now. I mean, we got Jalen Johnson, but after that phrase, it's a big drop-off, And um, but the point is, we still need the depth.
1: For me, what I looked at with this is when I saw that Duke Shelley was inactive today, I said, well, maybe someone else on this roster has impressed them more than Duke Shelley, and we saw that Marky Christian was the one that, that got the nod. So for me, when I saw that Duke Shelley actually was inactive, I thought, well, this is a guy that was given a, a golden opportunity to have this slot corner position, and he did not take that opportunity. Because anytime you're in your third year on this ball club and you get put on the inactive list in the first game of the season, that is a giant problem for you. And that also does not bode well for him going forward. I really hope that this young man figures this thing out because
0: week one and you're not on the active roster, something wrong with that, brother. Something wrong with it. No, you're right, Fred. Something is wrong with that. He's not where we want him to be at this point. And that is concerning. We also had Iggy, our inside linebacker. He was inactive today.
1: We also had Lechavius Simmons, the offensive lineman that was inactive. And then preseason hero, tight end Jesper Horstead. He was the last inactive. That's I mean, a lot of inactives, Praise a lot of inactives, man. We had a golden opportunity. So, I mean, I talked about Duke Shelley not taking advantage of his opportunity. But if you look at the Chicago Bears, they had a golden opportunity because every team in the NFC North Lost today, A-Dub. They were 0-3. The Packers got their ass smacked in the face by the Saints. Jameis Winston was out there dominating five touchdowns. I mean, that shit was crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the Vikings lost an OT. And Detroit's Detroit. You know what I mean? Even though they made a little comeback at the end, they're still the Lions. <laughs> right, still the Lions at the end of the day, brother. I thought, man, dude, in our last episode, I said that I predicted that the Bears will lose this ball game. I still had some hope and some optimism and said, "Hey, dub man, if we can win this game, we got an early lead in the division on these other cats. And, you know, we didn't get it done today. But one thing that really encouraged me and also kind of got me a little fired up was pregame. When I, when I was on Twitter, I was looking at a lot of the Bears fans that were posting their pictures of them at SoFi. I was so proud in that moment to be a Bears fan because, Man, we got some of the best fans in the fucking league. And our fans, they travel. They represent. And there were so many diehard Bears fans I saw. Even when they were cutting to commercial, you saw Bears fans out there in their Bears jersey, their Justin Fields jersey at that. But a that was really cool just to see how our fans show up, especially when our team's on the road and, and, and cheers those guys on
0: on Twitter, wherever, social media, at the stadium, man. We even had Dick Buckus out there, Prez. That's just awesome. And to see our people, how, how we travel, man. I love Bears fans and Bears Nation.
1: That's Bears royalty right there, shit. He was in the building. yeah Virginia was in the building. Yeah, Roy's <laughs> in the house, baby, for sure. When you have that type of situation, when I look at it, I say, as a ball club, you're supposed to represent.
0: You got Dick Buckus there watching you. You got the owner of the team watching you. And then what, what followed was, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you, Prez. But that is showtime. When you got heroes in the house, man, it's time to step your game up and put it all out on the line. From your standpoint, you knew that the Bears were in trouble when what happened today? I knew the Bears were in trouble when Cole commit got that penalty. This is the first quarter, Prez. We down in the red zone. We're from 3-1 and one to 3-6. and six. I knew something was up. Because every time we get penalties, man, it don't bode well for us. And it showed again. We were down in the goal
1: line. We were third and one. The penalty on Cole commit backed us up, and now we were third and six. What happened next was Andy Dalton throws a pass and gets tipped, and it gets picked off. In that moment, I'm sitting here thinking, this is what I get for getting my hopes up, A-Dub, because first of all, preceding that, you had the Khalil Herbert kickoff return, which was really nice. He took that thing about eight yards out of the end zone, got us in really good field possession. Then my boy Montgomery comes back with a nice 40-yard run, and I'm thinking, okay, Bears, what's up? We got this, right? And then the cold commit play that you mentioned, A-Dub, and then we get backed up, and then the pick happens. So that's a goal, man. That
0: is a goal. We started off very well. We came to push them right in the mouth, bro. You asked me with those couple of plays you talked about, it, and then we get down to that red zone. That's when it all turned.
1: I would say for me, I knew we were in trouble when Dalton missed cold commit on that fourth and four play. Cole Komet was wide open. What Andy Dalton ended up doing is he forced that throw into A-Rob. It got broken up. And I thought that that was a missed opportunity because he's the veteran quarterback. You expect for him in that moment to know what routes are going to be open and to get the guy the ball. And he just never saw commit come open. And I just don't understand how somebody that's been in the league this long as a veteran, how he didn't make that play. Because that would have been an opportunity right there to extend that drive That would have been very helpful for us because at that point in the game, we were right there within
0: reach of those guys. We were. And we missed that opportunity. A golden opportunity right there, man. Like you say, Perez, that's tough. When a quarterback that's been in the league that long, make that kind of mistake. And he knows he made the mistake too, Perez. He knows it. But, man, it didn't hurt us. It cost us. It really cost us because in the grand scheme of things, (laughs) the game plan
1: changes, right? Right. Matt Nagy starts to did start doing Matt Nagy things. He starts to call his plays a little helter-skelter. And one of the other things that really annoyed me with Matt Nagy in this ball game, A-dub was the fact of how quickly he abandoned the running game and specifically taking the ball out of David Montgomery's hands. David Montgomery had three carries, 57 yards. All of a sudden, we're seeing running plays going to
0: Damian Williams and running plays going to Marquise Goodwin. Matthew, what are you doing? Our guy Montgomery was cooking. You got the roll with him because you know what? When the others came in and started rushing, Prez, it was a drop-off. Damian Williams, those guys couldn't break free, Prez. It was tough. It was hard. So you're right. I thought Nagy made a mistake there. Since we're talking about the offense, A-Dub, what do you think that they did well on before we go into the negatives? The fact that we established a run game. That was awesome. Because I'll tell you, Perez, on that offense, we got some good run blocking out, out of those guys. You know, I know our offense line got some struggles, but we had some good run blocking. And I'll tell you, there was some holes being opened up for Montgomery at times to so where he's getting some good runs in.
1: No, I, I do like that one, A-Dub, because I do think outside of the point where I was a little annoyed with nagging in that first half, I thought we did a better job a little bit later on in the game, the second half, I thought with sticking to Montgomery, putting the ball in his hands, but I would have liked to see seen him done that a little bit more in the first half. Correct. Because maybe we'd have been in a different situation. But one of the things that I did like about the offensive game plan was the time of possession. We held on to the ball a lot. We limited the opportunities for Stafford and that Rams offense to be on the field because that offense is very explosive. Also, as I just mentioned the second half, we committed to the run in the second half. That was cool. I also like for the most part in the ball game, we contained Aaron Donald. Now, Aaron Donald's still going to get his, and you saw that later in the game. He got that sack. Yeah. He got a lot of pressures on the quarterback, but he didn't get home.
0: So I thought the offensive line held up pretty solid against him. What did you think there? I thought so, too, man. I know I saw him get past uh, White here a couple times, but for the most part, like you said, Perez, we did try to contain him, and I thought we were doing a good job on that O-line with that. Let's go to the opposite side of the thing. What did you not like? Perez, you can blame this on the Rams, say they're a big part of this as well, but we couldn't get anything deep. We couldn't throw the deep ball, And I thought that was a big factor for us. So
1: as I talked about a second ago, I talked about the time of possession and how we held onto the ball. But you know what I didn't like about that was that we didn't turn those long possessions into points for most of that time there in that first half. And I thought that was another missed opportunity, right? There were a couple times there where we had those turnover and downs. You're right. We didn't execute on that. Yeah, that's a big one, Prince. As far as just other areas on offense, I mean, there was a lot there. To your point, I agree with the fact that we didn't take shots. Now, this is something that I want to get your thoughts on, because when I'm watching this game, I'm thinking about all during training camp, when we were at Hallis Hall. We're seeing these deep routes and all this stuff that's going on in practice. We're hearing about how we have Demir Bird. Obviously, we have Darnell Mooney. We got Marquise Goodwin. We got all these weapons. But why didn't we try to take any shots down the field? So you're right about that. Now, I did see the way that the Rams were playing on defense, and they were almost daring the Bears to run the ball. So I think that was something they were doing when to try to take that out of play. But I thought that we just could have done a better job of establishing
0: the run. So that way it opened it up for us to maybe take a shot or two down that field. Exactly. We could have milked the run a little bit more because they were giving us that. Hey, go ahead run it all you want to. We just don't give up the deep ball. Not that we didn't take full advantage of it. Not enough, Fred. Not enough. The only other thing, too, let's just state the obvious, right? We only scored 14 points today on
1: offense. That's not going to get it done in the NFL. I'm sorry. I've talked to you guys, the audience, about Matt Nagy and this offense. Now, we've heard year over year over year over year how he's going to fix this offense, how he needs to get a certain quarterback in here. He needs to get certain talent on this offense. It's the same story. 14 points in this modern NFL is not going to get it done. There's teams in this league that score 30 points in their sleep. It's
0: true. You cannot contend in this league scoring 14 fucking points. And the other thing with that, press if you look at how we we're playing that game, the play calling, you got to go for the punch, man. You got to go for the kill. And we weren't going for that. So I think now you got to really think about that. We got all this kind of speed that he talked about having. We got to use it, friends. We didn't use it enough at all in this game. You don't even know our guys had speed because we didn't show it. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you're just running those Nagy
1: curl routes every fucking play, I mean, you're not going to see those guys at speed. They weren't doing anything to open anything up. Now, I do want to ask you, because obviously everybody's been wanting to know, when are we going to see Justin Fields? We were hearing that Nagy was going to devise a few series and a few plays for Justin Fields to get into the ball game. So we saw that happen today, a What did you think about Justin Fields entering this ballgame today? Because I got a lot of thoughts on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I thought it was interesting, Press. I didn't understand what his role was going to be. So I'm just trying to pay attention. You know, Nagy like to throw these trick plays out there, right, and try to confuse the defenses, you know? And I'm like, okay, seeing Justin Fields out there, maybe he's trying to throw them, throw them off a little bit. And the Rams kind of bit on some of the stuff. But I thought it was interesting to see the young guy get some time, man, Press, to understand how to continue to evolve and play in an NFL game. So I thought it was a learning experience for Justin Fields, if anything.
1: hey dub I get where you're coming from with that. And I really do. And I do think it's important because let's be honest, this season is all about Justin Fields and his development, right? I right. think that's going to be the biggest thing that we hope that we get out of this season. However, when I was looking at the Florida game and they brought Justin in, I said, okay, cool. You know, he got the snap, you know, he ran a little wildcat play and Getting the ball to Goodwin. And I'm like, okay, I, I see it. You're using him as a decoy. Then he comes in on another play and he throws them past the pass to Goodwin. And I'm like, okay, you know, you're bringing him in here. You're giving him a little bit of experience here and there. But for me, if you're going to bring him in the game, why don't we use him and let him do something? Because I was watching that 49ers game today and they brought Trey Lance in the ball game and Trey Lance was in the game trying to score. Right. Right. It was almost like they brought him in there just to kind of, like, it into in fuck with the Rams a little bit. That's what it felt like
0: to me. <laughs> it did. You know what, friends? That is part of it, too. You know, I know I, I mentioned the development piece of it, but that, what you're saying, is just about part of it as well. At the end of the day, he ended up scoring a touchdown, though, you know? Let him use some of that speed he has. And it kind of worked out when he scrambled and scored the touchdown. So I thought that, you know what? Give him those opportunities. It's probably going to help him down the road. But you're right. To your point, I want to see more of him. Like, we're going to let him go ahead and play. Let's just play him. Why hold him back now? And to your point,
1: congratulations to Justin Fields for scoring his first touchdown in NFL. First of many. Congratulations, young man. But I just would have liked to seen more out of Justin Fields because this is the thing. All right, Nagy, we're not going to belabor the point. We know you're not going to start Fields until you're good and damn ready to. Fine, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but to periodically bring this kid off the bench cold after he's just been standing around for 20, 30 minutes. I just, I guess for me, I just didn't get it. Now, I like seeing him on the field, but I want him on the field when he's in a position to make something happen for us. Right. That's fair. Outside of that
0: red zone run that he had, what opportunities did Matt Nagy put him in to actually make a play? I think he had him out there a little bit outside the red zone on one of those plays for his. I think that was the play to where he made the pitch. And I think that's where Borum got hurt at. I don't think we're in red zone at that time frame. So I really didn't understand why we actually had Fields out in the game at that point, you know? Well, this is the thing. And that was to the
1: point that I was saying. They were trying to give the Rams' defense a different look there. And so they bring him in there. They try to do that little replay where they where he basically puts the ball in the chest of the running back to like make it seem like he was running the ball. Up. And then he does a little shuttle pass, which it didn't work. They weren't fooled. Right. And then to your point, Larry Borum got rolled up on the play And let's not forget the fact that Larry Boreham, who's our fifth-round rookie, was coming in the game to replace Jason Peters, who ended up getting hurt in the first half with a quad injury. And that was someone that you and I talked about of, hey, is he going to be able to play a whole four quarters in the game, conditioning-wise? I wonder if that injury
0: was a combination of conditioning. Did he get hurt just because he's not in football shape yet? Well, it all matters, Fred, because it seems like he's working so hard to try to get in football shape, Fred, working his way through it. And maybe it was just too much on him all at once, right? Like now we actually played the real game. Because remember, he was out chilling, fishing somewhere, right? He wasn't thinking about football, and then we did went, went through all that work trying to prepare him for this game, and it took its toll on him. So I'm not even surprised they got hurt. It's just that it's just tough, you know, all that work, all that pressure on you, and here's what happens.
1: Now, very fair point there, A Dub. But I will, I want to give Jason Peters some kudos because you remember that one play in the first half of the ball game when the Rams were blitzed. And so Jason Peters was going back and he was looking for somebody to block And He caught out of the corner of his eye, the defensive back from the Rams trying to get a free shot at Dalton and Jason Peters just turned around and just launched the kid. Right? Yeah. And in that moment I said, that was more aggression in that one play than we see from Charles Leno his whole time in a bears uniform.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> That's what you call sacrifices. He's like, look, I don't have anybody. I'm going to jump on here and get this guy. I see what he's trying to do to Andy Dalton. And you're right, Prez. That was a big play right there because I tell you, man, Andy Dalton probably could have been hit with another fun boy how he got through.
1: Fair point there.
0: I brought up the fact that the
1: offense only scored 14 points, A-Dub. But I would say this. The Bears' offense was the least disappointing unit on the field for us today. And that says something because that was something that you and I talked about on the last episode of – is Matt Nagy going to be able to get this offense moving? Is he going to call plays efficiently? Is the offensive line going to hold up? Is Andy Dalton going to be able to get the ball out? Is he going to be able to stand upright? Where we had a lot of questions that we were asking. But the Bears' offense, for the most part, looked efficient at times, A-Dub. They were able to sustain drives. Like I said earlier, they ate a lot of time off the clock. However, that defense, bro, that shit left a lot to be desired. A-Dub. What were your thoughts there on things that just did not work game plan-wise for the Bears' defense tonight?
0: It was just tough with our secondary overall. They missed a lot of plays out there, Perez, from tackling to also in coverage. And that really hurt, and it adds up big time.
1: When I looked at that situation for our defense, I said, OK, who's the leader of the secondary? Because it can't be Jalen Johnson. Even though Jalen Johnson, I thought, showed up very well tonight, he's only in his second year of the league. So when you see the busted coverages out there you got Eddie Jackson and Tayshon Gibson who are both older established players in this league who's going to step up in that secondary and say you know what that was on me i got that we can't allow that to happen we cannot let these teams beat us over the top like this we can't have these busted coverages who's going to do that because that was the thing that i saw today that really pissed me off really pissed me off and also the tackling, the one play with Jefferson, when Stafford goes deep, not only did we get beat deep, but then nobody even goes over there to fucking put a hand on the guy.
0: You got Eddie Jackson and Gibson both. What are you doing? Prez, I was so disappointed in that. We talk about veterans, Prez. You bet to no. as a matter of fact, BoJack was right there, Prez. He was right there to tag him and didn't do it. And I was like, oh, no, not this again. And we're really gonna need our secondary. And most likely, who was the leaders out there, Press? The safeties. You all should be the one leading the charge here. Really should be doing that. And they disappointed me today, Press. Both of them. Listen, that shit was unacceptable. And as long as I've been a,
1: a fan of the Chicago Bears, I've never seen no shit like that. I've seen a lot of bad teams, but that's just effort. That's just desire. That's just want to. Right. You get over there and you cover that guy. You don't just let somebody just get up
0: and walk into the end zone. That is unacceptable. What are we doing? Coach Desai is pissed. He gotta tell us. By knowing that locker room he is livid. Too many plays out there that we left on the field, press. So where we got lost in the shuffle? I think Christian uh, was part of that who uh, let Cup beat him. You know, it's like, come on now. We cannot keep allowing this. We allowed it twice. What are we doing in the secondary? We got to get right, man, because you take away those two touchdowns there, Perez, this is a close game.
1: Listen, I don't want to play that if you take away these two touchdowns. Listen, bro, we lost. Point blank, though, I know where you're going with that, but fuck a moral victory, bro. For me, when I look at that, the Marky Christian play there, I don't know what he was doing. He just let the guy free. There was no safeties there to help. Cooper Cup basically just walked into the end zone. Cooper Cup walked into the end zone. Big time. And like you said, multiple times we saw that happen in the game today. Multiple times. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. If they're not at Hollis tomorrow, firing that up on the tape and showing these guys that in that secondary over and over and over again to drill into their heads what your responsibility is on these coverages, that you don't let a guy go unless you know
0: that you got help behind you because he didn't have it there. Didn't have it. Did not have it. It's just really concerning because you hit on something else as well. In addition to that, Press, you talked about the tackling too. I mean, Christian was out there missing tackles too, Press. He
1: had a rough, rough <laughs> night.
0: <laughs> he really did, man. He had a tough one. And I, that's why I was making
1: the point about Duke Shelley earlier because Duke Shelley, if I were you, I'd be sitting somewhere salty to the motherfucker, man. Because if this is the person that's playing in front of you, then what does that say
0: about you? Because that kid had a rough game tonight. This should tell Duke Shelley, like, look, I need to get back in the lab and get my spot back and show this coaching staff what I really can do, what I'm made of, man. And it starts with the heart, Chris. I'm not going to question because I don't know the guy heart, but I'm just saying a lot of these plays that we saw, Chris, most of it was about heart, though. So it's like, hey, you can got to go back there and tell Coach Decide, look, I'm ready to play, man. I got to show him something in practices, whatever, Chris, to get back on that field. Listen, I'm going to question some people's heart. I'm sorry. When I saw that shit in that
1: secondary and I saw number four, not tagging the guy down, and the guy runs into the end zone. I see another play where people are spinning off four, and I see the, another play where I see four jogging and in, in, into the frame. That is hard. This is this is an example of this Bears defense right now, where you had guys that used to make big
0: time plays, and they're no longer doing that. These guys are making all the money, and nobody's showing up and getting the shit done. And what I say, press. They out there being cute, right? That's how I describe it. But you make a good point, man. They're not showing up, press. And you making that kind of money, you should be the one leading the team. You should be showing these young guys how to do it. You should be, you know, giving Duke Shelley and these guys Meldora some some wisdom out there, you know. And a lot of this comes down to is when we talk about playing, press, and we don't get turnovers. That is a big problem because we actually talked about turnovers all the time, right, press? We said, you know what? Let's get them takeaways. Today was an example where we didn't do nothing and didn't provide no effort of doing that Press in the second year.
1: Well, I mean, we didn't get any takeaways altogether. And I will say this, too. We talked about it in our preview episode. Matt Stafford was an upgrade for this Rams offense. He showed that on that first throw when he wound back and threw that fucking bomb to Van Jefferson. When I saw that shit, I said, this is going to be a long night. Because what did I tell you? If Stafford has time to throw, he's going to light it up. Right. That's what he did. There was no pressure. Or when there was pressure, he was able to escape it. We saw a lot of times where Mac was getting back there, but the pocket in the middle, nobody was collapsing it, so Mac was just getting driven to the ground. We didn't have the pressure on him. Stafford was making throws. And to his credit, he was making throws that Jared Goff was never ever to make for this Rams offense. <laughs> so that's true. Stafford is taking this offense to another level. I mean, his arm strength and just the way that he was
0: going about throwing things, just a whole nother level. in this Rams offense... It's going to be very dangerous this season. Yeah, they're going to be very dangerous, Perez. The, the thing is, they didn't get a lot of rushing yards in today. You know, I thought we did a good job at stopping the run. A lot of guys on that team got caught passes today, Perez. So it wasn't just one guy that killed us. But it just shows what Matt Stafford can bring to the table. The guy is really a good quarterback, and he's surgical with it. So, Aida, I do want
1: to piggyback on something that you said there because, yeah, we definitely just went in on the defense. But I do want to highlight one of the parts of the defense that I thought, for the most part, they did a good job with. Daryl Henderson from the uh, Rams. Now, there was at one point in the ballgame where he only had like six yards on five carries. And the Bears' defense was really holding stout with the running game. Now, the second half, he got off a little bit. He got about 50 yards, I want to say, or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. He had a really big improvement in there in the second half. But I will say, for the first first half of that ballgame, the Bears' defense held strong. And I will give the Bears' defense some kudos because they did keep the, the team in the game in that first half. Because, honestly, A-Dub, when I was watching that game and I saw the stuff that was happening, I easily thought that was going to be a 21-7 game going into halftime, if not for the defense holding firm and basically forcing the Rams to kick field goals.
0: Right, right. I thought we did good. I think one play, Perez, to where we actually backed Stafford up, man, to where we almost got a safety. I mean, we had a sack on him. We put a lot of pressure on him on one of those um, drives, and he couldn't do anything. Led to a punt, and then we ended up scoring off that. So... I was just saying, you know, if our defense could continue doing that part, Pres would have been straight. But you're right; we didn't see enough of that part of it, though.
1: Well, so what happened was it was a tale of two halves. So the first half, the defense held firm. The second half, the defense just got they just got blown up. Now I do want to say, hey, shout out to our boy Hakeem Hicks. He and Robert Quinn got a half sack there. And yeah, audience, you didn't hear it wrong. There was a Robert Quinn sighting tonight. He got a half a sack.
0: <laughs> yes, sir, Perez. I would take that, man. That is effort. We can roll with that, man. He got in the board. I mean, he, he got back there a couple times too, Perez. I will say he kind of got some pressure in to where they were trying to close, um, you know, Matt Stafford in and to where he actually stepped up. But he was actually getting back to the backfield as well. So I'll give him some kudos on that point, Perez. All right. So,
1: a let's give a game ball on offense. Who are you giving yours to? Because I'm giving mine to David
0: Montgomery. Look, that is the only choice we're going to have to give it to, Perez. <laughs> because not enough anybody else did anything else to deserve it. David Montgomery. He done a hell of a whole, hell of a lot, man, with carrying us in that first half. I think he had about 10 carries, somewhere about 80 yards, something like that for his, But that's not that besides the point. The kid came out running football very well. And to see him running well and breaking tackles, spreads at that, thats to me, is big. He's back to doing it again, what he's doing last year. So the kid just picked up where he left off from last season.
1: And that's a hell of a point, A-Dub, because he definitely is picking up where he left off last season. That last season run with uh, David Montgomery, I would say, a top five back in this NFL. And he showed you tonight, he still deserves to be in that conversation. Not only has David Montgomery impressed me with his approach all offseason, down in training camp in Hallis Hall, he's shown to be nothing but a leader. And I think that he's the true identity. When you think about this Bears offense right now, he is the offense. He's the engine that drives this offense, A-Dub. He looks explosive. On that 41-yard run, that man had another gear. And I'm like,
0: Hey, I didn't know you had this, Montgomery. Okay, let's go. Yeah, man, he looked good. I was like, wow. That was an explosion, man. He exploded for those yards, those 41 yards. So I was really happy for him. Not I'd say, you know what? This is going to be a long night for the Rams if he's doing this. He ran very well today. And he fought for extra yards. I mean, he wasn't going down easily. He
1: was still trying to stretch. He was trying to bounce off of people and to get the extra yards. And that is what you love to see because the offensive lineman If they got a guy like that at running back that's doing those kind of things, that gets those guys fired up. And they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to block extra hard for a guy like this
0: because they know he's going to fucking give it his all every time he touches that football. He showed us a hell of a lot, Perez. He told us right now, I can carry the load. I don't need no help, really, as far as, you know, making me rest so much. I can take it. I can take the punishment. I can take the grind. So for Nagy, it's like, hey, get a kid the ball, man. He's telling you right now he wants it. Yeah, and that's the problem because— Matt Nagy, I don't know what it is. It's just in his
1: head, he tries to get too cute out there. And you saw it today. Start doing those little stupid gadget and trick plays. And it's like, he can't get out of his own damn way. Give this guy the ball. Feed him. It is a crime when Montgomery does not get the ball at least 30 times a ball game. He can handle that type of a load. And I'm telling you, if you put this team on this kid's back, he's going to deliver for us. Do your fucking job, Matthew. Stop with the cute bullshit. Stop it. Absolutely. Let the kid work. The last point that I have on Montgomery is the fact that you and I talked about how he was going to be one of our emerging players this season, probably a player that was going to break out. He showed us
0: today, brother. He is definitely well on his way. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. He's on his way, press without a doubt. And you know what? He kind of got me excited for game two. He's the main reason I'm preparing for game two. So, like, this kid's going to show us a hell of a lot more in the second game. So, I'm gearing up for it, Prez. I just hope that he's not hurt because I did see when he left the ball game
1: today, A-Double, like, he was, like, grabbing at his hand a little bit. And I saw them, they were looking at it on the sideline. So, that's right. They were. I hope there's nothing more to that, Prez. Not that I want to lose anybody on offense, but he's the last guy that I want to be losing right now. So we'll definitely see there, and we'll get more information about that as the as the week goes on. A dub, who's getting your
0: defensive game ball? We got to get one out. If I got to get one out, for his, i I'll probably have to go with Hicks. And the reason why I will go with Hicks is not about really about the sack itself, Pres. It's more about the fact that he still is impactful, you know? Hicks still clogs up the middle. He wasn't giving up a whole bunch. He was there where he needed to be. He was forcing those runners to make adjustments and go different routes. So, for me, I thought Hicks was the guy right there who played a big factor in clogging up that middle.
1: Hey, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, you and I always talk about it. Hakeem Hicks is very important to this defense, heart and soul of the defense. So, I I love that one. I mean, you you got to give it to him. It's not just about the sack. It's just all that he means for this defense. Absolutely. So, <laughs> as you mentioned, it's, it's tough to, like, look at the defense today and say, okay, I want to give the game ball to this person because they did such a great job out there. However, your Hakeem Hicks one, I could ride with that one. I would say if I could give mine to anybody, I would say maybe Jalen Johnson. Okay. And the only reason why I say that is even though he had a quiet night, you didn't really hear his name called too much, I thought that whenever I saw Jalen Johnson get targeted, his receiver didn't get the ball. And I thought that for the most part, the Rams were attacking other players. They were attacking Vildor, right? They were attacking Marky Christian.
0: Right. They sure were fucking attacking our safeties. <laughs> exactly. Jalen Johnson really wasn't a major target today, friends. I'm with you. That's a quiet pick, but you know what? It's an honest pick as well, though, you know, because you're right. He wasn't getting cooked at all. And this is a kid right here that I think the sky's the limit for him.
1: Only his second year, as I mentioned earlier on the show here, but I really think he's got a lot of tools to be great. And I would just say this, man. This game is just an example of why we miss Kyle Fuller. Yeah. See, this is also why people wonder, man, why are you so hard on, on Ryan Pace? Because you know what? Kyle Fuller should still be on this fucking ball club. That's why. When you lose a guy like that and when we're left with what we have right now in the secondary,
0: that's one of the reasons why this secondary looks the way it looks right now. Because you lose a guy of that magnitude. Right, Perez. Lose a guy of that magnitude. And guess how many changes we've gone through so far since then? <laughs> Remember we signed a true Fun; He gone, right? We thought Duke Shuttley would step up. He's not stepping up. So it's like, really? Look what all we're going through because we have to make a big cut. It's just tough. So yeah, so Jalen Johnson gets my game ball. Now, A-Dub. Who gets your bear down, your underperformer for the week? Underperformer for the week. It has to be. And I hate to keep going this route, prayers, but it got to be Eddie Jackson, man. It got to be Eddie Jackson for me, the underperformer. I expect a whole hell of a lot out of Eddie Jackson this coming season, Prez. Even with working with Coach Desai, you know, I thought things would be different. And right now, it doesn't look anything different than what it was last season right now. So for me, he didn't show me much at all with those missed tackling and not making a big impact in the secondary. So for me, that's my that's the guy I'm going to go with.
1: Listen, I can't even argue with you. I'm not even going to say anything else on him except for the fact that Eddie Jackson is still in full 2020 mode right now. He looks like the same fucking guy last year that, that I was calling out on this podcast. I'm not wasting any more breath on it. Eddie, you just need to fucking step up and do better. I, I got nothing else to say about you right now. Fair enough, brother. I'm like a fucking disappointed father <laughs> right now. I got
0: nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of lightning go around, but... He's a big factor, you know, a big factor. I mean, think about a press a few years back. You know, he was a pro bowler, right? And we haven't seen that look in quite a while now. Man,
1: 2018 was a long fucking time ago. That's all I got to say. A long fucking
0: time ago. Yes, it has been, man. Yes, it has.
1: So my bear down underperformer for week one is uh, Marky Christian. So (laughs) this is a kid that during training camp, I liked what I saw from him. He was flying around the football. He was playing fast. He was playing physical in preseason. I was happy that they gave him a a shout and he made the team and so forth. But he got baptized into the NFL today. I mean, he got his baptism tonight. Like, (laughs) there's no other word for it. He got beaten coverage. That one play in the back of the end zone, when Stafford drilled it in there, Robert Woods makes the catch, got the toes down. I mean, just it's textbook. And he wasn't able to stop it. He missed tackles. He had to play where he basically passed off Cooper Cup to no one. So it's just a lot of just youthful inexperience that we saw from him in the game tonight.
0: That is fair point, Perez. You know what? Just hear you say that, Perez, and thinking about it, man, Just you and I just talking about it right now. It's like, he's probably the worst one in the secondary we had today. The fact that he didn't give us anything, this is the kind of game that could cause you to get demoted, Perez, how bad he played, you know? So I won't be shocked, you know, if you start to see his snaps go down for next game.
1: Well, we'll see. After seeing him play in this game like this, I'm sure Duke Shelley will probably be active in week two. Yep. And I also would hope that Duke Shelley probably has the best week of practice that he's had since he's been a bear after that, because this is an opportunity for him to get a second shot. Because obviously the, the coaching staff was down on Duke Shelley. That's why they had Marky Christian starting. So hopefully Duke Shelley can step up. Because, like I said earlier, if Duke Shelley, if you sitting behind somebody to play like Marky Christian played today, brother, you need to be at Hallis Hall at 5 o'clock in the morning trying to figure your shit out tomorrow.
0: For real. You're right, Perez. He should already be on, the, on a mission right now of trying to get back um, to playing.
1: Yeah, no, for real. For real.
0: All right, A-Dub. So
1: looking ahead at week two, man. We're not going to get into it too much, but I wanted to get just some early thoughts that you have on
0: areas of opportunity for us for week two, A-Dub. I still think there's opportunity with our offense, Chris. You hit something last episode, Chris. You talked about the chemistry between our wide receivers, our tight ends, along with Andy Dalton together, how much time they have together, Chris. I'm hoping that they can play better because, right, we didn't see a great game for the receiving core. We saw a lot of short passes, but not enough to where they're on the same page to make some things happen, you know? So I'm hoping that, you know what, next game, that can change.
1: No, I mean, you're right. I mean, we saw a lot of short passes, curl routes little outs and, and slants and stuff like that. I mean, A-Rob, everything he was getting, he was blanketed. You know, it was like Andy Dawg's throwing it into very tight windows. Darnell Mooney wasn't, you know, getting any separation. It's just the route tree just – it wasn't very dynamic. And so I'm hoping that we see a little bit more open the fucking offense up, but you got to run the ball first. So that's one of the things for me. I think when I look at an area of opportunity, A-Dub, it's going to be not abandon the run in the game early. So Matt Nagy, I thought, he not only did he abandon the running game, he abandoned David Montgomery. and He has this thing where he gets tunnel vision. He'll forget that David Montgomery's cooking. He goes away from him. Then all of a sudden, he goes back to him later. And it's like, bro, we could have been rolling in this game. This could have
0: been a way different game if you'd have stuck with the hot hand. I just don't understand him sometimes. No, you don't understand Nagy at all, man. Sometimes he gets so trigger-happy, praise. When I mean by trigger-happy, I mean that he wants to throw the ball more. I'm like sometimes now you can't get to that point, man. Feel free to run that football. You got a gap back there that you're not talking about. So now you got to do a better job with that press, no doubt. More opportunities for uh, Montgomery. Yeah, and another area of
1: opportunity for him is to stop it with the fucking gadget plays. I'm just sick of it. I've been sick of it, and we saw that shit in today's game where it was just unnecessary. Run the football, score the touchdown. You don't have to try to be the smartest guy on the field trying to outthink
0: somebody because. Usually, Matt Nagy, when you try to do that, you just shoot yourself in the foot. Right. A busted play, bad play, it don't work out. Let's just run the football with the Montgomery Perez and get some positive yards. Therefore, we can make some things happen. We got options then. Yeah, we do. Because the drive that they had before the half was the best drive they
1: had in this ball game. And that was the one where they where they punched it in. That it shows you an example of what this offense is. Let them be who they are, Matt. What are we doing? You got an offensive line that shows you that they can block and they can get open up holes for the running back. So let's do it. Andy Dalton showed you that he could get the ball out quick. So take advantage of the strengths of this team and not try to make these guys do things that, that's not within their
0: abilities or what doesn't work. Right. I went through that, Perez. That makes total sense for me. And what I would add to this with you, Perez, on this part of it as well is we don't want to just see Fields come out here with these little short plays here, Perez. If you're going to play Fields, play him. Don't play no games with it because that what you're doing is you're getting the fans all riled up again, Prince. Oh, Justin Fields, especially with Justin, starting to make some good things happen, Prince, which we saw a good pass. We also saw him get in the end zone. Why not play around with that? Let's just go and let the kid play if you want to let him play. Or if you're going to let him play, actually give him something where he can work with. What it seems like to me is we got
1: some damn kid gloves on this guy. We got the training wheels on him, and it's just time to just knock it off. I'm looking at Mac Jones out there playing. I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence out there playing. I'm looking at Zach
0: Wilson out there playing. I'm sick of it. Like, let's go. What are we doing? We're we'll going to play these kind of games, man, Perez. Like you said, man, put them dang on training wheels off, man. My man don't need no bike anymore. He good, man. He don't need them on his bike. He's straight, man. This kid can play. He can handle himself. He can, press. I'm not saying he's going to be perfect. He's going to make mistakes, just like all the other rookies out there, Perez, quarterbacks. They're going to make some mistakes. But the thing is, Perez, we can live with it. He's not going to screw up that bad. I don't see that happening, Prince. Listen, the kid has yet to turn the ball over. Andy Dalton had a pick today. <laughs> In a I, saw him
1: throw, I saw him throw picks all over fucking Hallis Hall this summer. We did.
0: <laughs> you were not it, Prince. I mean, look. Look, we can't play these kind of games like that. Andy Dalton had two turnovers today. Call it what you want to call it. It is what it is. A fumble and interception, Prince. It's not good, no matter how it happened, It's not good. Now, I will say this, though,
1: for all the flack that Andy Dalton has received on this podcast from Bears Nation, from the national media, from the local media, I still thought that he had a decent debut today. He did. He didn't do anything in this game, in my opinion, a dub that says he should have lost his job after the game. I think for what I saw today, Andy Dalton should be the quarterback in week two. Well, my issue is with Mad Nagy is the fact that you throwing throwing Justin Fields out here for these little blimps, but then you're not letting the kid do anything exceptional. It's like just all like basic shit. It's like, open
0: it up. Let him do something. Absolutely. And the dog made some some good plays. Matter of fact, I even like what he did with that little scramble in the red zone to make it 31. and one. That's uh, a Montgomery touchdown. So, you know, I thought any dog did what he was supposed to do. He had a good game plan. He had a good outlook. So I can't hate on a veteran, Pris, because you know one thing he did that I thought was very good? And that was getting rid of the football very quickly, Pris. So I got to give Andy Dalton a lot of credit for that.
1: Andy Dalton is a veteran in his league. That's what you expect him to do. And he also knew two things. You're going up against last year's number one defense in the league. You have an offensive line that's older as far as the left tackle is concerned. They haven't had a lot of time to come together. They haven't jailed. So going up against that elite defense – Andy Dalton didn't have time to be sitting there holding the football. Right. <laughs> now, he did have the one play where he didn't get rid of the ball. He held on to it, and he got sacked. And that was a play right there
0: that really pissed me off, because I'm like, bro, you got to get rid of that ball. You got to throw that shit away. Yeah, bro. that's true. He, he held on, like I said, held on too long, and it cost him. But for the most part, Brez, he played decent. You know, like I say, he played decent. He played decent, enough for him to have his job
1: in week two. But I'm going to have to be honest with you here. Playing decent in the NFL? Ain't going to get it done. Nope. Not at all. You have to wonder, if the losses continue to pile up, how long is it going to be before Matt Nagy says, you know what? Fuck this. They're going to fire my ass at the end of this year. I'm going <laughs> to the kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm with you there, friends. And I think I'll give it a few more games. We continue to lose, friends. Look like this here. A stagnant offense. I want to say that a stagnant offense in the passing game. I mean, the run game. We saw Montgomery did well, but if this is going to be a stagnant offensive game, Fred, then I think we should consider, you know, letting the kid play if we're going to lose games and not execute that way. So I think give it a few more games. If it's going to look like this year, it's time to make a change.
1: Yeah, and, and I made my prediction on the last uh, episode. I still hold firm that I think Week Four is probably going to be the time that I think that Matt is going to no longer be able to just keep this kid sitting on the bench. I think that's going to be the week that we can potentially see Justin Fields, but we'll see. A-Dub, before we get to some of our favorite fan reactions today from the game, my last point when it comes to this whole situation with this Bears team right now is that this game reminded me of how far we are away from any sort of contention. Because this Rams team that we played today, this is a playoff team this team has a chance to be a Super Bowl contender. Right, right, right. And we did not match that level of talent. We didn't look like we could stay on the field with this team. There were times that we that we kind of hung in there with them, but then they pulled away from us and they made it look very easy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I thought about the intensity part of the game. We didn't have that intensity, that, that dog in us that said, hey, we want this game. We didn't look greedy.
1: It was a combination of, Matt Nagy with going away from the running game. I thought the secondary, who's the leader, as I mentioned earlier. I want somebody in that secondary to stand up. And I'm looking at you, Eddie Jackson. Come on, man. You making all this money right now, bro. You are a former all-pro guy. Get over the touchdown shit that you lost last season. I don't want to hear you talking about that shit anymore. Every time he's talking, he's talking about all oh, the touchdowns they took away from me last year. What about the losses they
0: fucking put on your ass last season? Fuck them touchdowns, bro. <laughs> right, man, right. I'm with you there, Perez. If we don't get anything good out of our secondary, press, this is going to be a long-ass season that we're going to say we want to get <laughs> to forget. It's going to be a long one. And we cannot operate in these games here, Perez, our secondary playing like that. That would hurt us every game, Perez. We won't be to be anybody playing like that. Yeah,
1: and the last point I'm just going to make, if our defense continue to play like it played today in that second half, it's going to be a fucking long fucking season, bro. So let's get into some of these fan reactions, A-Dub, before we get out of here, man. So the first one came over from Jeff Sr. His Twitter handle is sub-octave64. And what his fan reaction was, A-Dub, is this was before the game, to my beloved Chicago Bears. Please, for the love of all that is Hallis, shut all the haters down tonight, protect our quarterback, clamp down on their offense, and
0: most importantly, score some fucking touchdowns, preferably more than them. Well, that's a good statement, though, before the game. And I wish we'd have executed on all that we shared, especially scoring more touchdowns, friends. I thought we did okay protecting the quarterback, but we didn't do enough to get into the end zone. And unfortunately, it hurt us today. Fair point.
1: All right. So here's another fair reaction. This was during the actual game. Aaron Burson, friend of the show, our unofficial brand guy here for the Bears Central's podcast. And he said, you touch the guy when he's on the fucking turf, shaking my damn head. We
0: deserve better. You know what he was referring to when that one? Yes, sir, Chris. He is so right. We deserve better. That is the one thing, Chris, that fans should never have to worry about when watching a football game, a professional football game, is tagging someone while they're on the turf. If that don't happen, man, it's tough. The next fan reaction comes over from Greg Elkin. His Twitter ad is at G
1: elkin 24 And he said, easy to criticize as a fan, but when Jalen Ramsey is on one side, might want to audible out of that to the other side of the field. And that was a great point because Jalen Ramsey had some series there in that first half
0: where he was just on some lockdown shit, bro. (laughs) You know what, Prez? I was going to say this here, man. I can't say anything bad about Jalen Ramsey. He went back, talked all that trash, said what he had to say, Prez, and they backed it up. Matter of fact, he backed it up. He put some good hits out there too, Prez. So he was in there. He was making things happen. So I have nothing to say bad about Jalen Ramsey. Great gang, young man.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also, too, I know you and I, we had some shit that we had saved in the back of the vault for Jalen Ramsey. But he shut us up, too, because that boy out there, he was, playing <laughs> a, he was playing on a mission, bro. He was even out there trying to
0: cover and tackle Jimmy Graham. I'm like, boy, this boy charged up tonight. Yeah, he was, Perez. He was like, look, I know Bears fans, they travel impacts. And they talk a lot of trash, too. And he's right. We do. I know I do, Press. He was like, look, I'm not going to get shown up at home. <laughs> by these guys. I know what they're going to do on Twitter. I can't let this happen. And you know what? Credit to him. Came like you said, Press. He balled out, man. And nothing you can say about bad about a guy like that who's willing to hit, who's willing to play good coverage out there. And, man, he was getting grabbed by my boy Money Moon. I mean, he was in there. He was on him.
1: Listen, man, I respect anybody that can talk some shit and then go out there and back it up. That's, that's, there's nothing to say. Like prop storm, shout out to you. So at halftime of the game, Sarah Carter at Sarah Carter 22, another friend of the show. She said, Dalton isn't a problem tonight. She said, we actually don't look awful. She said, offensive line looks solid. Defense woke up. Play calling isn't that bad. And we're facing last season's number
0: one defense. She said, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, they all sounded good at that point, Perez, because it looked like we were going to be okay. So it didn't look bad. Everything was going wrong for a while, Perez, but we hung in there. We did. And then the second half came, and that's when all hell kind of broke loose, right, to where we couldn't do anything right on the defensive side. And we couldn't score enough points at that point either. So it all kind of came back to bite us.
1: Yeah, no, to that point, yeah, 13-7 to 7, uh, deficit going into the half at that point, to Sarah's point. Yeah, it looked like we were going to be okay. So, yep, yeah, just we saw how how bad that second half got away from us.
0: That's it, Fred. That's all we
1: can say, brother. All right. Well, the final fan reaction, and this was after the game, and this was from Suze, and then her Twitter ad is at Suzy underscore Rumsey. And she said, being a Bears fan basically means you have high blood pressure, some sort of addiction, <laughs> to, to sanely make it through each Bears season. With that said, and as always, bear down and hashtag fire Nagy.
0: Woo! That's a loaded uh, message there, (laughs) It's because he's right about that, man. Our team takes us in so many different directions at times that we all lose our mind at times. But if Nagy can't get it right, Perez, it's a lot of pressure on him this season. He has to execute. If you don't get the job done, Perez, and we have another losing season, he may be done. He may be out of here, Perez. because the thing is going to come down to as well is how do the Bears look? Do we like we're getting better or do we like we're getting worse or we're stagnant? that looks not like that, Perez. Nagy may be out of here. Yeah, well, that's
1: a fair point. I mean, I didn't want his ass back this season, but here we are, <laughs> so we'll see what happens, Shit.
0: Right, we'll see what happens, man. But, you know, as Vans fans, friends, we want our team to win. We really do. We're pulling for Nagy because he's our coach, but, man, if he can't get it right, Prez, there's the door.
1: Listen, yeah, I'm pulling for him, but at the same time, if he can't get the job done, get somebody in here that can fucking get it done because I'm just sick and tired of him trying to... Convince us that he knows how to fix this offense. Listen, Matt Nagy might be a decent head coach, a dub, but we know that he is not a good offensive coordinator. And I really wish that he would have just given that shit away and, and and just kept it away. Because right now, what we're seeing from him, even though to a lot of people's point, the offense wasn't bad, but after four years of you with this offense, we shouldn't be saying your offense isn't that bad. Look at how the Rams' offense looked tonight. They made that shit look easy. That's how our offense should look.
0: That's how a good NFL offense looks. We do not have that. And they made a quarterback change to do that. We made a quarterback change. Look where we at, right, Perez? So we're thinking that making a quarterback change that's going to help us out, right? We don't have Mitch. We're going to do better with Andy Dalton. So far, off to a bad start when we talk about scoring points. We need touchdowns. We're not getting that. So Nagy needs to really understand that, pro- that process, Perez, because somehow he's not getting it. If it takes your offense... Like you said, that number of years to get better, Perez, and we have not gotten better, that is problematic. Because I heard him speak on this, Perez, about our offense, you know, um, saying it takes a couple years for the offense to possibly jail, and it's still not jailing. What's the problem? You, Coach. That's why I didn't even, your comment that you made about thinking,
1: oh, if we would have got rid of, when we got rid of Mitch and got the new quarterback in here, that things would be different. No, it's not going to be different because it's still the same old scheme that doesn't work. It's the same stubborn head coach that doesn't want to give up the play calling to someone that actually knows how to get this offense moving in the right way. So at the end of the day, Matt Nagy is his own worst enemy. And if he wants to go down with the ship, then you know what? That's your call, brother. But right now, this offense, while it was decent tonight, decent ain't going to get it done. And that's that's, that's just all I got to say. I want next week at Soldier Field, when A-Dub and I in the building, I want to see us put 40 fucking points on those Cincinnati Bengals, bro. 40 points. Can you do that, Matthew? 40
0: points. That's what we need, baby. 40. Not 30. 40.
1: <laughs> All right, A-Dub, man. Before we get out of here, I wanted to give a, a special shout-out to our listener, Johnny Mitchell here, who got us set up here on the Open, rocking with us here on the Bear Central's podcast, man. Respect and love to you, brother. Audience, we're going to do our preview pod for the episode on, on for the Bengals game. We're going to get that uploaded on Thursday, and then we're going to do our winner's circle, and that's going to be our weekly betting show. We're recording that on Friday, and we're going to get that uploaded Friday afternoon. So we got a lot of content that's going to be coming to you guys every week. Three episodes. Be on the lookout for that. If you know any Bears fan that isn't aware of our show, plant a seed, hook us up, share it if you like it. Hey dub got anything on the way out? Hey, all respect and love to everybody. Amen. Well, dude, 0-1-1 on the season so far. I'm hoping for a better <laughs> better path ahead here in Week 2. Audience, A-Dub and I are going to sit down and, and look at some things here, and we're going to make sure that when we have our preview pod for you guys, we're going to try to see what it is that we could do to celebrate some victory here in Week 2. A-Dub, hopefully the next time we talk and do one of these recaps, we're talking about a victory, man, because I do not want to be talking about a bunch of losses on this podcast this season. So far, I will
0: say, we're still in first place, though.
1: <laughs> Brother, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. As always, we appreciate your
0: support, and we are out. A-Dub, gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to The Barry Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, I-Cart Radio. Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this show. Bears Nation, come down with us.